You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. This is episode 248 of the Black Eagles Podcast, and I'm your host, Sinan Schwarzing, right, live from New York City, where it's beginning to feel a little bit like the fall, or autumn, if you're, uh, you're into that sort of thing, um, yeah. Of course, I'm here to talk about the big match against Gidesun uh, on the road, worth noting. Um, and, uh, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the history of our quote-unquote rivalry, of which there is very little. Kind of an interesting side note. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously we're here to talk about the match against Gidesun on the road. Uh, we're here to catch up uh, with everything that's occurred since. I'm not much on the news front, to be 100% honest. Like, the, the only real news is that uh, the, the, the bigger names are back from injury as far as Rashid Ghazal, uh, Georges Cavant, and Kudu. They'll both be available for our next match against Trabzonspor. And that's obviously great news. I've spoken at length on this podcast about how our defense has proven to be a legitimate, solid unit. But our attack has struggled at times quite a bit. At times it's looked okay, but you know we need to get it together. So that is the great news. And there's some other stuff to talk about anyway, but let's get into it. So, besides that, right, guys back from injury, important guys that we've been quite uh, in need of. Certainly, uh, if you look for a weakness in our side, that would be it, our attack. And I think uh, the most obvious answer to that problem is that, you know, hopefully getting guys back, right, will help us. So along those lines, um, how would we do one more time without them, I guess, is the big question. And before I talk about, you know, the lineups uh, and, and, and what that would look like without uh, Ghazal and Kudu, available as starters we should probably talk a little bit about as i mentioned briefly the history between these two clubs and the reason i mention it is i mean first of all let's talk about their form specifically Uh, not fantastic um they beat galatasaray which is worth noting they lost to adana demir uh, but they beat Galatasaray nil to one, so on the road, interestingly. Then they beat Kasim Pasha at home. Not exactly a huge feat this season, especially early on in the year. And so you looked at that and you thought, okay, like, yeah, that's a pretty decent start to the season for the likes of 
Gideson scored two wins and a loss out of the first three, right? But as you might expect, theirs was a sad do for correction. Um, they followed up that pretty decent start by losing to Kaiseri 3-0 on the road. And then losing to Konyaspor 0-1 at home. I mean, to be fair, I think just about everyone loses to Konyaspor 0-1. That seems to be just what people do. Um, and, uh, you know, credit to them, by the way. They've really, you know, they had a rough start to the year, but they've found their form again. And they're playing their brand of football. Defensive. A defensive brand. I spoke about that last week, how, you know, if we could match their defensive ability with, you know, pairing that with all the, the talent we have in attack, that would be a formidable look. I'm sure Ilhan Palut would love some of our options in attack. But anyhow, um... Fatih Karagumruk would then draw Giresun at home. Fatih Karagumruk aside, that also started off quite poorly. Sort of found their form, at least. You know, they have some sense of what they're doing, it seems. Um, uh, we'll talk about what they've pulled off this week, which was not much, to be fair. And then finally, they visited Alanyaspor. I mean, so after those two losses I mentioned, a draw against Fatih Karagumruk on the road, and then a draw against Alanya on the road. So two road matches. Two decent results for them. So uh, they sort of picked things back up, I guess you could say, just in time for us, which is, you know, the luck that we typically have. Um, and so, so I mentioned earlier our history with them. My app doesn't go far enough back. I don't know when Gideson was last in the Super League, or even if they were, to be honest, I'm not that much of a Super League historian. I mean, at least it, it wasn't the case in my lifetime that they were. So I don't know if this is like the full history or not, but last year we played Gideson twice. And we have yet, or I should say we had yet coming into this match, we had yet to defeat them. Which is actually noteworthy. I mentioned that they'd beaten Galatasaray already this season. Last year, um, in Gideson we drew nil-nil. After, in the first half, he's losing to them nil to four. And that match was um, a bit of a killer for Besiktas. Um, I'm trying to, I think that was the, yeah, that was the end of the Sergen Yalcin sort of regime. And it was, in fact, a, a rough nil to four loss in Istanbul that sort of was maybe the nail in his coffin. I think it was right around there after, right just after then he left, right? Because that was late November. Anyway, so what that all amounts to is an interesting past with these guys. They've, they've, I guess they're sort of legitimate um, giant killers, right? So yeah, that would be something to be uh, weary of, I guess you could say. I actually had forgotten that they'd already defeated Galatasaray this season, going into our match, so it's probably good. I would have psyched myself out if I'd known that, but anyhow, let's dig in. Um, so first of all, we'll talk about the lineups a little bit. Uh, for our, for them, they had Onurjan Piri, 28-year-old Turkish goalkeeper, uh, in, in, you know, manning their, their goal quite well. I'll give him credit for that. You know, this is a bit of a spoiler alert. Up ahead of him, Ramon Arias, the 30-year-old Uruguayan central defender. Next to 28-year-old Colombian 
Alexis Perez, so a very central, or sorry, southern, South American um, back line. Their left back, Alper Uludai, 31-year-old Turk, opposite right back, 27-year-old Turk, Hayrula Bilazer. So they've stuck with some of their guys that, they, you know, that they've, they've been playing with for a while, I suppose. In their midfield, Murat Akpinar played next to Jorman Campusano, 26-year-old Colombian. Uh, up ahead of them, 24-year-old German Turk, Gurkem Saylam. On their wings, Borja Sainz, 21-year-old Spaniard, opposite Brandley <coughs> Kuas, Curaçao, 30-year-old winger. And of course, up top, Riyad Bayic, 28-year-old Bosnian. So some names you might <coughs> recognize specifically from their team last season. You know, they've done some interesting team building, I think we could say. Scouting and whatnot. Um, for us, some question marks maybe. Um, our back line was finally solid, and it's been now for a couple matches. Obviously, that's that's shining a little bit, shining through. Ersin Destanolu and goal, having just signed a big contract extension with us, which, and I don't know if there's any sneaky clauses that Torino will take advantage of that we're unaware of, but for now, things seem okay. Um, good news, obviously, that we've locked him down. Now we can sort of uh, go about our business, maybe sell him in the long run. Interestingly, Emre Bilgin was not our backup keeper in this match, which I thought fairly fascinating. Matt Gunok was out there on the bench instead. I, don't, I hope we haven't just like given up on Emre Bilgin. Obviously, he had a somewhat rough outing, but I hope he's not like tossed into the scrap heap. He, he showed enough talent in other matches that. You know, that would seem a little reactionary, but anyway. Um, so yeah, the other parts of that solid back line of ours, 22-year-old Turk, Tayyip Talha Sanuch, uh, with Valentin Rosier and Arthur Masuaku on, on the flanks of our defense. Joseph de Souza was on the back of our midfield with Jedson Fernandes uh, next to him, Sally Uchan. Originally, we were. I think the rumor was he was going to be you know, on the bench for this one anyway. But uh, he ends up with a light injury, hopefully. So he wasn't even on our bench. He was unavailable. Uh, up ahead of them, Dele Ali with Typhoon Bingle getting the start on the right side opposite Nathan Redmond. And of course, Vout Veghorst up top. So, um, you know. Interesting decisions, I suppose we could say. Our three Turks, Ersin Destanolu, Tayyip Talha Sanuj, and Taifur Binko. Um, definitely a bit of a change-up. So, um, uh, one thing of note that was fun. Third kits, right? Those fun zigzaggy kits of ours. They look pretty good, I have to say. You know, from, from afar, right? Watching them be worn. But so yeah, that was a, a fun little side note, I suppose. And I think that covers us for this match. Let's let's dig in. So first of all, the first real action would go to them. Nothing really dangerous. Um, Romain Saiz would pull up injured in the 12th minute. And that would, of course, be scary for everyone involved. 
Emre Can Ujunhan would come out as his replacement. Um, you know, obviously that was like a nice silver lining to the whole situation, just in so far as we all want to see what this kid is. We spent a bit of money on him. It's good to know that he's not like in the doghouse, that he really was the first sort of left-footed defender off the bench. And I guess the other strength there is when you put on Roman Seiss, uh, sorry, when you put on a Turk for Roman Seiss, brother, um, now you've got that fourth Turk out there. <clears throat> you have a little more flexibility with substitutions and whatnot. So, um, you know, trying to find the silver linings to that, but obviously losing Roman Seiss would be bad. Um, the long-term prognosis is that he's not likely to feature against Trabzonspor, but it's not a long-term injury. He should be fine. For any Moroccans out there worried about his World Cup appearance, I don't think that's at risk, so fear not. Um, but so yeah, 13th minute yellow card from Burat Akpinar. And 14th minute, now we're talking. Uh, a free kick by Arthur Masuaku, really well placed right into the path of Tayyip Talha Sanuch. He's kicked in the head, the ball drops down, off of sort of incidental contact at that point into the path of Veghorst, who, who sort of dives in for it. I don't think he makes contact. The defender, sort of a defender rather, gets in the way, um, sort of bumping it back into the air into the direction of Emre Can Uzunhan, so sort of trickling in front of the goal. I think he makes contact with it. It's possible it comes off the defender, but anyway, uh, it sort of bounces back to Tayyip Talha Sanuch, who sort of just like taps it into the back of the net while sitting on the ground. Now, uh, supposedly he's offside. Again, I'm not entirely certain that the last contact before it reaches him is is by Emrejan Uzuna, that in fact he can even be offside. But it is whistled as such. Uh, but it's okay, because there's a penalty call on the contact, on the dangerous kick and contact with Tayyip's head. Um, I'm a little curious how there's no card handed out for that as such, right? That's a dangerous play, obviously. But, you know, big kick in the air that makes contact with the dude's head. Uh, and it's enough to call the foul and give a penalty, so therefore, right? I don't know. I don't know how they uh, avoid getting cards there, but Anyhow, uh, that Veghorst steps up to take the penalty kick. You know, it looks like even though they've maybe robbed us of a goal, we're going to get the chance to put it back in the net regardless. And that Veghorst is saved. Kind of a poor effort to the right, low. Relatively easily saved. Uh, kind of telegraphed as well. So, you know, I'm not sure about Veghorst gets the call for the next penalty kick. Not that he shouldn't. You know, I think it's, you know, everyone has kick saved here and there. And he was iced, you know, they, they took a seven-minute break between the foul and the decision. Huge referee screw-up there, in my opinion. But anyway, whatever. We look past it. In fact, we go right back on the attack. And, and that right course is, like, crossing the ball, pinging it around the pitch, so he's not too impacted, it looks like. Fine. Whatever. 26-minute Valentine Lozier gets a yellow card. I don't even recall it, to be honest. 29th minute, another free kick. Masuaku sends it into the box pretty well for uh, Joseph de Souza, who um, I, I 
think the ball is like defended out. No, I'm sorry, wait, this is what happens. The, the free kick, it gets defended out. It comes back out into the direction of Jedson, who finds Joseph, um, who does this like, I don't even, like, sort of clever little ball, like poor cross, but it like, I don't know, it, it's into an area like poorly connected with, but it's well placed because it's an area where only best chess guys are. Uh, Typhoid Bingo sort of steps back into that space, gets the ball, makes a nice run, actually, uh, and then sends in a, a, this time a very nice cross into the head of Dele Ali or onto the head of Dele Ali, who then sends it actually perfectly into the path of someone. And you think there's like four guys sort of running towards the ball, it's in the box. And somehow defender gets to it first, but still, because of how well placed the, that header pass was from Dead Alley, it sort of results in a shot from the defender, which Honor John Pity has to do quite well to save and, and uh, prevent from going to the back of his own net. So, although it's sloppy, we're definitely like knocking on the door, right? 31st minute, Ramon Arias gets a yellow card for them. 32nd minute, as a result. Nathan Redmond cues up a free kick uh, and does a really good job of lifting it over the wall and having it drop down to the path where Onojan Pity can only punch it away. Um, you know, it could have been a little bit more like high into the corner, right? I think that would have been a goal, but still, you know, forces a pretty decent save. And, you know, again, we're we're knocking. We're knock, knock, knocking. That's four highlights for us. Um, a couple really good chances at this point and just nothing to come of it. Like one of them obviously pulled back for the offsides and then the penalty miss. That near own goal was in fact a very well-crafted opportunity. And then, sure enough, on the 33rd minute, a corner kick by Arthur Masuaku. Again, onto the head, the head of Dele Ali, um, who doesn't make the best contact with it, but actually does quite well to kind of dead the ball and prevent it from being like a wasted opportunity. Um, passes it into the direction of Joseph pretty pretty well, uh, where he can kind of, you think, control it, maybe sort of ping it back out to the wing or something. Instead, he does something audacious. He tries a bicycle kick, not as a shot, but to sort of keep the ball back in play. He knows there's a bunch of guys in our box, right? Because we've just set up for the corner. So it's clever. Um, on the part of Joseph, and well executed, it turns out, it falls onto the head of Amadejan Uzunhan, who does very well to then sort of play it on with his head, perfectly into the path of Tayyip Talha Sanuch. Um, Amadejan's not credited with an assist here, I'm not entirely sure why, but anyway, a goal. Um, Tayyip Talha Sanuch does, uh, it's like a demi bicycle kick, um, kind of, you know, definitely kicking the ball over his head behind him. Doesn't quite, like, jump up, like, kind of avoids it being dangerous even, cleverly. Uh, but it's perfectly placed over the keeper into the court, side netting. I mean, it, it's a worldie, honestly. I'm, I'm sure it showed up on Hunt. I, I wish I'd seen Sports Center that night. I wouldn't be surprised if it had been on there. But yeah, heck of a goal in the 33rd slash 34th minute. And we are up deservedly nil to one our fifth highlight of the of the half so yeah it's safe to say we deserved it 
Um, three minutes into extra time, Jorman Campusano gets himself a yellow card right after a fantastic opportunity for Besiktas. Typhoid Bingo runs in from the right side, uh, jukes left, right, gets around two defenders, has Vout Veghorst rushing in, kind of going around that last defender. So if he sends it hard and low, Vout Veghorst is likely there at the far post to put it in the back of the net. He could put it high up in the air and he could probably get to it with his head. Instead he goes for the shot. And it's not crazy because he has a, you know, if he goes sort of to the upper left corner of the goal, um, he's, he's got a pretty much direct shot one-on-one and the keeper can't get there fast enough. And he goes for it and it's just wide. Um, just a fantastic output, honestly, on his part. He, he, he's been great at this part, at, 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 in this match, up to this part of it. Um, and I mentioned already that, that great cross of his that resulted in Dele Alli um, almost creating a chance for us with his head. Um, yeah, so again, just great stuff. We have deserved this, this lead. Um, probably earned, I mean, certainly with the missed penalty, a second goal with like one of the other four opportunities. You'd think you could sort of somehow get into the back of the net. Um, but you know, whatever. We're knocking on the door. We're banging on the door even. And looking very much uh, worth our lead so far. Second half, no subs made for us. For them, Vukan Savicevic comes on from Budat Akpina. Uh, 46 minute Jedson, great dribble work, um, finds Veghorst in the box and I think you know, if Veghorst is really comfortable with his left foot he can just turn and put this in the back of the net. Instead he sort of thinks about it I think makes sort of rough touch because he thinks a little too much but then sort of dives in and nudges the ball into the path of Nathan Redmond really well that Nathan Redmond is queued up for a shot from a bit of an angle. I mean, you think he'd go far post from that left side. Instead, he goes near post and misses wide, which was, ugh. You know, you got to at least challenge the keeper there. It was like a one-on-one, basically. So that was unfortunate, no doubt. Um, 54th minute, Borja Sainz gets himself a yellow card. 59th minute. Here we go, it's a chance. You know, I, I, I gotta at least give them, you know, I don't wanna be too, um, Im, you know, or partial, I should say, to best attacks that I, that I like ignore their actual chances. And here was surely, surely 59th, 59th minute, Savicevic finds, um, what's his name? Uh, Kuwas, I forgot his first name, Brandley Kuwas from Kurosawa, right? I mentioned earlier. Um, so they, he, he finds him, I don't know, a good five, ten yards outside of the penalty box. So it's not exactly like a dangerous situation in theory, but he, uh, Kua sends in a pretty decent shot from distance. Only uh, decent insofar as Emre John makes contact with it. And at that point, anything can happen, right? It takes a bobble, but of course it does go wide. So I guess that counts as solid defending in the end and uh, a, a blocked shot. So not much of a chance, honestly. But, you know, whenever there's like a... A deflection off of a shot from distance you got to worry right it's this year for us that's like the only way that we let up goals is through flukes like that so I have to mention it fair it's fair um, at that point Rashid Ghazal comes on in the 60th minute 
George Kevin and Kudu as well. Um, Redmond and Rosier come off. Interestingly. Typhoon Bingo obviously being moved to right back there, right? Um, okay, fine. Good subs, I think, for the most part. I mean, I don't know if Rosier needs to come off. We do have that extra Turk out there. So, well, on the other hand, Typhoon has played well, so I guess it's, it's hard to say he should have come off. Anyway. I mean, it's not like Rosier played poorly, but he didn't really stand out. Um, it didn't really impact the game much either way. 66th minute, old John Chalayan came on for Brandley Kuas for them. That was a name many will recognize if you've uh, followed the league for a few years. 73rd minute, Dele Ali, A nice run. Um, is seemingly defended well, but Dele Alli's sort of strength and athleticism keeps him up and running with the ball, almost like right through the contact. Um, so, you know, it could look clumsy on, on the one hand, but it, it actually did represent a pretty decent athletic feat on his part. Um, feat, F-E-A-T, by the way, for anyone who, who misheard that. Um, but yeah, so he does well also then to find Rashid Ghazal in space, and all he has to do is like find his angle, and instead, he kicks it right at the keeper. Weakly at that. Rashid Ghazal, of course, um, using his right foot, which is not an effective option for him. He might have even honestly like taken a dribble with it, cut it back and tried to use his left foot somehow because he had enough space. It was a very well-crafted chance by Dele Ali, and it, it actually did sort of end up in a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, just fluffed opportunity. 71st minute, Jed's on a yellow. I forgot to mention that was right before the opportunity. 75th minute, Nejip on for Jedson Fernandes. Jenk Tosun on for Dele Ali. Now it's like, wait, really? Really? Um, Nejip for Jedson. I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I mean, Jedson is tiring, I guess. We've lost um, control of the match. Not, I mean, not entirely, but certainly we've lost control of the midfield and there much more easily coming forward, which happens a lot with us, right? That's like a, a blemish on Val's season, for sure. Um, so we kind of set back and looked to defend more. And in part, that's because we couldn't we couldn't really hold the ball much. And so I think that's the logic of trying to get fresh legs into midfield. But, Nedjip? Really? Eh, okay, you know, whatever. I'm, I'd almost rather see like Berkai Vardar, but I'm, that's tough. Obviously, like Sally Uchan is the solution. If you have him off the bench in this scenario, it's like, oh, we've got the perfect solution for this. And so that's where, you know, again, injuries to our midfield and attacking unit continue to, you know, just just uh, hurt, especially our second half. That, that lack of depth and lack of, like, our ability to just make the right sub has almost continuously hurt us. Um, but there's definitely some passivity going on as well. Whatever. Um, 79th minute, Jank Tosin, a yellow card. Uh, and it would come around that it would sort of contribute to a chance for Gudis and a corner kick cleared out poorly by John into the path of their uh, number 25. I don't even, I guess I can do the work for you. I don't, it's Pettis, their defender, who sends it into the box fairly well to number 21. There's Arias, well, so their other defender. Um, so they were positioned for that corner looking to strike. Arias gets a weak touch off, kind of using his, like kind of just trying to steer the ball with the outside of his foot off of a volley. So it would have been an easy save, but interestingly, Vout Vekhorst gets there and defends fairly solidly and then clears it well. So, you know, I mean, 
The good thing about Vegas is even if he's not having the best game offensively or not being um, provided enough chances, right, which is more more realistic, I suppose, um, he's still making himself useful. He's still coming back. He's like, God, his effort cannot be questioned. And that's you know, kind of the best case scenario for a striker, honestly. But so, um, I don't know. There's not a lot of action from there, honestly. Uh, Faustin Senghor comes on for Gurkem Sailam for them. Doan Jan Davash comes on for Alper Uludai for them. Uh, Rashid Ghazal, a free kick from deep, uh, finds Joseph's head and goes over for a harmless goal kick. But, and uh, the BNUSA gave this a pretty decent highlight afterwards um, because it really, I, I think there was a penalty. I think Vout Veghorst is brought down inside the box on this free kick, and they just don't want to—they don't want to deal with it. And um, yeah, that's trash. It really was trash because it was a—it it was a penalty. Like I, I'm just gonna say it. Like he was brought down pretty, pretty hard, right inside the box. <laughs> um, and they don't even really consider it. They don't look at it. Of course, the VAR booth feels no need to take a peek, right? And sure enough, right, oh no, actually, after that, Rashid Ghazal, we have another great chance. Lovely, one of those like pinged, like low line drive crosses into the path of Nkudu, who like takes it perfectly, he's offside, but like receives the pass, um, I'm sorry, he's onside rather, but he receives the pass beyond their defense, behind it. And then does, uh, I mean, the, the pass is like a little limp, if there's a little more power on it, maybe it, it ends in a goal. Uh, but instead, so Vaughn gets to it right before their keeper. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. Keeper's kind of right there. He, he does well, in fact, to save it. But it was like one-on-one. -on -one. If he gets one inch more loft on, on the volley, that Vaughn that is, it's a goal. A very close call. They're lucky again. Uh, and their keeper, I mean, credit to him. It actually comes out to Jank. Who then, um, you know, takes a couple steps with it, not bad. Takes a shot with his left foot that could have been a worldie too, but is blocked by a defender, by a defender's arm. But granted, like the arm is sort of tucked in. It's it's a natural position. It's fine. Like I'm not gonna question that one. And all, and and the, like the main reason that not even looking at that penalty through VAR, not even like, you know, th there's certainly a shout for it. Certainly some, some reasoning to take a look, I would say. But they don't, right? The VAR booth decides to, to not be involved. Ironically, because just a minute later, in the 89th minute, their uh, number seven, Sainz, oh, Borja Sainz. A very nice long ball into the path of number 77 for them, who is, uh, uh, Jesus. I don't even, I don't know, was it seven? Yeah, yeah, there you go, Bilazer. Hi, Rula, Bilazer. Who's offside? The moment I saw this ball go up, I'm like, oh, he's off, he's off, he's off. Um, and he was off, frankly, like, by almost his full arm. Uh, and then, they, like, anyway, so he gets the ball, puts it into the path of, um, sorry, guys. I just had their numbers. Oh, old John, Chalayan. So puts into the path of him, who puts into the back of the net. 
and it looks like they've scored a very undeserved equalizer, but he was offside. Um, this was fascinating. The VAR HQ, like headquarters, you know, for the TFF, didn't want to look at this. And so they didn't send the replay to BN, or at least to BN USA. So like the BN USA guy has no idea that this is offside. And then he's, I don't know if this is a slip up or what, but he said, HQ didn't send us the replay, so we couldn't take a look at this. But so eventually they did get it. And so the local VAR booth ends up taking a look at it. He's kind of clearly off sides. And the, the BNUSA, BNUSA guy even says um, that the HQ, and I, I assume that means like the TFF and not BN, but they, they're like, they didn't send us the video because they didn't want to review it. And then it was looked at by the local booth and then flagged for offside. So um, it's, it's fascinating that VAR just decides not to be involved in some of these things and even tries not to take looks. I mean, it's whoever tried to make that move, if, if that's what really happened, that should be put out into the public because that's probably who's responsible for all the nonsense going on in that, T in that VAR booth and with the TFF in general. I'd like answers to that, honestly. I almost wish I could interview uh, the, the announcer, uh, Aquilino, or whatever his name is. But so anyway, that, that's really it for the, for the match. There's no point talking about the remaining highlights or anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, we win. 1-0. Our first victory on the books against Edison Square. And obviously a tight run thing. But like, alright, look, let's talk stats first of all. They had more of the ball, ironically, 53% to our 47, but, um, you know, that's because they're behind for much of the second half, and they're, they're you know, we're kind of letting them do their thing in the, in the center of the midfield, and then just, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't put us at, you know, in danger at all, except for that one obvious, obviously that one chance that was flagged for offside. Uh, and the reason those possession stats are so hollow is you look at the, the you know, the XG, we had a 1.94 to their .32. We had 14 shots to their eight. Two big chances to their zero, and of course we missed both of them. Um, they had more accurate passes, 286 to our 250, completed at a 78% rate to our 76. They committed 20 fouls to our 13, called offsides three times to our zero, which is kind of weird. Uh, we had eight corners to their five though. So generally speaking, I mean, we had sh five shots on target Owner Jean Pity pulled out a heck of a game, I'm not gonna lie. Credit to him for that. We had 10 shots inside the box. So I know a lot of people were, were like, oh, we didn't create enough, this was almost a disaster, I would have fired the coach if they if that goal had counted, and things of that nature, but 10 shots inside the box. Five of them on target. Right? Two goals based on just XG alone. And you know how that's sort of a wonky stat, right? Like to have two XG means you've actually created quite a bit more than like two legit goals. Um, and again, right, like I could sort of cycle through the, the bigger opportunities. Nah, screw it, let's do it. Just for, for, for good old time's sake, right? There's the big one that's called back and we get a penalty, which is obviously a big chance in and of itself. So it's basically two, if not, all right, we'll, we'll say one for posterity. Um, in the 29th minute, um, Dele Alli's head 
puts uh, makes Owner John Peary have to make a save off his own man's header um, in an almost own goal. And it could have been a goal, honestly, too. It was a really well-crafted chance. There's two big ones right there. Um, Redmond on his free kick, I won't count that. I mean, it was could have done better, I guess. Um, 33rd minute, though. Um, the goal, right? That's that's obviously a, a goal chance. And then the 47th minute, Typhoon smashing it like one inch wide when he could easily have found Veghorst in the box, too. So that's four big chances in the first half right there. Um, second half. You have Redmond slicing it just wide and basically a one-on-one. -on -one. He should have done much more, but that's a pretty major chance there. There's five. Um, Dele Ali creating that one-on-one -on -one for Gazal with that you know, crafty athleticism, whatever that, that, that little dribble move was. Um, and Gazal just fluffing it, but that's that's a chance. That's six. It's a big chance, even. Um, the pen, I'm not going to... You know, the Veghorst pen is whatever, but... Um, Certainly, that final chance where Gazelle pings it to Nkudu, who puts it like, you know, like that course is literally one inch from putting that in the back of the net, one inch low. Um, but so there you go. Seven big chances. Uh, my boy Kartal out there, if you're listening, that's what you were waiting for. Um, yeah, and I recommend folks watch the highlights if they don't believe it. I know it felt heavy as that second half wore on and like, they were holding much of the ball, and you know they they weren't really posing any threat, to be honest. But certainly, you know, they were there. Uh oh, sorry, siren time. Yeah, but so um, I don't know. You know, a lot of people are, are down on our attacking. We're just to be, you know, we we have not been good enough. But we've also been lacking major pieces. Every match so far. Yeah, obviously, hopefully going forward, it's a different story. You know, we'll have everyone back. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. Um, the bad news here, Emre John Ujunhan injured himself late in this one. Uh, he soldiered his way through the end because we were out of subs. It was like the 82nd, 83rd minute. So, um, you know, that was rough. And what that means is now that's two left back, left central defenders down. Now, upon rewatch, you know, I was initially I was very happy with the performance of our two young Turkish central defenders. And obviously, like, a clean sheet, they did a good job. They, they generally held the, the line down pretty well. I mean, John was a little sloppy, though. He had a, a sloppy clearance that almost resulted in a chance for them. Um, on their offside goal, he's really the one that got caught, got caught out of position and didn't really make the effort you would have wanted to see as far as getting back in position to defend. Um, man was offside. I think maybe they were making that offside line. So, uh... There's some credit to it as well. But, you know, yeah, just some, some issues uh, in that part. So I'm not sure it's like it would be terrible, you know, if, if Montero played instead of him or Wellington or, you know, whatever. Um, but obviously it's sort of sour, sours things a little to lose two solid central defenders in the one match. Um, Roman Seiss obviously is, is the bigger loss. Uh, he's, he's a very important presence for us on that back line but again supposedly it doesn't look like it'll be too bad with that said against Trabzon we're gonna have to see you know see something done there now I guess the good news is that we do have Montero and Wellington and you know we actually have some depth in that position and at first it seems like we had way too much and now suddenly it's like okay this, there's some logic at work here maybe this is okay so um 
Yeah, you know, that's, I guess, the, the bad side of, of, the, of the loss. You know, that and, and the fact that we didn't score more. Um, but, you know, credit to Onurjan Piri. Now, let's talk about individual performance. And speaking of Onurjan, he's the highest rated player in this match because he did save their buns. Five big saves for them, for him. <clears throat> the second highest rated player is Tayyip Sanuc. And he's my man of the match. You know, obviously I'm not going to give it to one of their their guys. This is a Bashir Josh podcast, but no doubt. Um, another really great performance. And obviously the, the two goals scored, uh, one counted, is a part of it. But, I mean, just generally, he's such a, a presence on that back line. And in, in that same rewatch where Emnajan, you know, it took some of the shine off of his performance. Not not the case with Tayyip Sanuj. Uh, this guy looks really solid. He's one guy. I'd almost rather lose size than him right now just given form obviously I mean, with that said clearly um Roman size is the better player i don't mean you know all in all next highest rated player joseph de souza which is somewhat fascinating but shouldn't really surprise anyone i thought he really was quite solid 33 out of 38 passes completed he created two chances um, 51 touches, so fairly uh, involved. 10 recoveries. So yeah, good stuff from him, no doubt about it. Um, next up, Arthur Masuaku, who also created two chances, had a shot, um, which was blocked. Also, 53 touches, so very involved. Six recoveries, but whatever. Two out of two duels won on the ground. That's good. One out of three in the air. I mean, he also played a role in that um, offsides goal, and then he was supposed to be covering the guy who was off. Um, let him go a little bit. That said, I think the bigger mistake was Amadejan on it. And anyway, it didn't matter because he was offsides. Um, that said, you know, that maybe was enough to take the shine off him. You know, any doubts that I had about him being man of the match uh, instead of uh, Tayyip Sanuch, I think were dispelled with that. Uh, next up, Jorman Campusanu, then Ersin Destanolu, who only made one save, but it was a big one, given, you know, that, that, that sometimes it's just that one that we miss that results in a bad bad day for the team. Um, excuse me, my cat has something to say. Uh, then you've got uh, Ramon Arias and Taifur Bingo, Emrejan Uzunhan, and Nathan Redmond as the last guy logging in at above a seven. He's a seven exactly. Um, special shout out to Jedson Fernandez with a 6.99 just under the line. Uh, but so yeah, 10 guys with a seven or above. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. Seven of the 10 Besiktas players. So uh, yeah, you know the stats. Show it. Besiktas was the better side. And so, yeah, my man of the match, Tayyip Talhasanuc. Um, Besiktas with a very nice victory in the end. Our first on the books against Gidesun. Uh, and again, right, Galatasaray has already suffered against them in this first half of the season. So that's three points that we have that they could not get. So um, even if we just gotten a point, that would have been a, an advantage over Galatasaray, it turned out. But anyway, um... Let's talk about what this all means. Now, it turns out that because of this, after nine matches played, Besiktas is in first place. 
Granted, very much tied with Adana Demirspor. We both have five wins, three draws, and a loss. We both have 17 goals scored and 10 goals allowed. So it's like a perfect tie. I don't know what the tiebreaker is. Right now they're logged in as first because of alphabetical order. Adana over Besiktas. A over B. Um, but see, I don't know how that... I mean, obviously we'll have to play them and that'll separate us. Uh, but if we split that series evenly, man, imagine. Um, but so yeah, anyway. Um, we are tied in first place with another team as well. Konyaspor, who have uh, also a plus seven goal differential. But it's uh, with ten goals scored and only three allowed. So, um, you know, I think the goals scored gives us the advantage over them. In that next bunch, we have uh, Fener, Bashakshahir, and Galatasaray with only eight matches played. So they all have a, a game in hand, uh, and they all have 17 points. Five wins, two draws, and one loss. Um, so obviously they would theoretically be favorites to pass us. All three of them in theory, so you know, we could be in fourth place. But only two points behind them. And that's if they were all to win. Now it's worth mentioning. Um Fener, their next match is gonna be in the Europa League, but they have Ankara Guju in Ankara next week. Could be tough, but you know, they, they shouldn't really struggle with that. They did very much struggle with Fatih Karagumra getting lucky. Five to four victors. Um, scoring their that fifth goal very late it was Mishiba Chuai in off the bench uh, and they lucked out they got a very questionable penalty call in their favor uh, which already makes it four to four imagine they drawn Fatih Kadigan um, so yeah I mean they're, they're hardly like coasting they, they're very much they're still scoring obviously very easily uh, you know five goals didn't hurt and they scored, scored two goals uh, midweek in the Europa League as well um, so yeah, the fact that we held them to, to, to no goals is still a, a feat, a very good one, uh, uh, something worth being proud of even, but the fact that they allowed four goals to Fatih Karagumrik is pretty wild. Let's hope that Ankara can, can do well. There is some good news, however, that uh, the week after their Ankara Guju match, they're playing Bashakshi here at home. So one of those two suckers has to lose points, and if they can draw, well, theoretically pass them both. So even that game in hand isn't such an advantage for them. Um, Pashakshi here, worth noting, they lost. They lost to Sivas, nil to two um, at home. So that's shocking. Sivas, it's worth mentioning, is in 15th place, just above the relegation zone. And that's in part because of that win. So uh, that's a huge shocker for them. I think you could say they were favorites to pass us and, and, and maybe to be sort of considered first place at this stage, you know, given their, uh, at that point, two games in hand. But then losing to Sivas, you know, it's, it's questionable. The best they can do is be ahead by two points over us. And, uh, you know, losing to Sivas at home doesn't suggest it'll be easy for them to even do that. Lastly, of course, you have Galatasaray, who drew Adana Demir. Not recently. That was a pretty long time ago, as far as I'm aware. Um, why is it so hard for me to find the date? Yeah, October 1st. So they've had the bye week this week. I wasn't even aware that that was the case. But yeah, they'll be next playing Kai City Store on the road. Um, you know, I don't know what, what that'll mean for, for them. Kai City's actually having a pretty decent year. Um, 13 points to their 17. They could give them some trouble. 
Um, I don't know. Kaiser's already lost to Fenner though. So it's not like they're they're putting up resistance against them strong side. They've lost to actually here as well. And trap zone. So yeah, you know, they've they've not done well against the stronger side so far. Um, all of their losses pretty much coming to the better side in the league. So that's good news for Glads today. Glads today could theoretically pass us uh, and have 20 points. But they've also shown to be, you know, especially up front, they've only scored nine goals this year. Again, we've scored 17. Fenair has scored 25. Um, and then Valencia alone has more goals than Glads today this year. So that's obviously a concern for them. Um, Trabzon's four, also 17 points. But they have nine games played, so they can't pass us as things stand. Uh, and then, as I said, Kaiseri Spor and Kasim Pasha each have 13 points and are on 8th and 9th, respectively. Uh, and in the relegation zone, Umranie are the big losers at the moment. Only three points off of three draws. Not a single win yet in this league. Fatih Karugumruk right above them with six points. They were sort of getting things together, and I think if they could have scrapped a point or three... Um, from Fenner, they'd be feeling a lot better about things this week with nine points instead of six and out of the relegation zone, but they're in it now. Hatay, uh, third from the bottom with seven points. Volkan Demidel, their new coach. Um, two, two wins in a row. They beat Sivas on the road and then Alanya at home. Why do I mention that, do you ask? Well... No real reason. We're not playing them or anything. <laughs> Our next match is against Trabzon. Um, I mean, I guess because they're not in the relegation zone. That final team in the relegation zone right now is Antalya Sport, which is shocking, to be honest. I mean, for me, um, still just seven points in these first eight matches. Two wins and a draw, five losses. Obviously, things are very early still. Um, alongside Antalya with seven points and Hatay. Are Sivas right above them and Ankara Guju. So, um, you know, it's easy to get out of the relegation zone. Still, Umranie might be having the most trouble. Um, right above them, Istanbulspor and Gidison with eight points. So they're far from safe. Uh, just a point out of the relegation zone. And then Alanya with nine points. Just two points out of the relegation zone. So, some surprising teams struggling so far this season. But plenty of time for them to figure it out. And on that note, let's just leave it at that. So Besiktas, tied for first place after nine weeks. Granted, some of our rivals only have uh, eight matches played to our nine. But it doesn't change what is in the books after that match day. First place, baby. 18 points. It's, it's you know, for anyone's like, oh, we could be all the way down in fourth place. Sure, you know, first of all, if those three teams win the next match. And on top of that, even if they did, yes, we'd be in fourth place, but we'd be two points out of first. So we're very much in the run and the running here. We've only lost once in our first nine matches. That's solid. Um, you know, for folks clamoring for, for Valerian Ismail to be fired, that's quite reactionary. Uh, we're very much in the thick of things. We're having a very solid season in the, in the standing. Uh, if that garbage Alanya match hadn't, hadn't gone against us because of that ref, 
things would be much better, obviously, but that's, uh, you know, what's done is done, as they say. Certainly, I'd love to have 20 points, and like, best case scenario for our rivals is they could equal us on points, but whatever. Turkish referees are the things of night, or the stuff of nightmares, if you will, still, and that will always be true. Maybe that's pessimistic, but let's be real here. Anyway, all of that said, a pretty good week for Besiktas, all in all, and we're looking solid going forward. Let's see now. Our next match is against Trabzonspor at home. So we're hosting Trabzonspor at Vodafone Park on Sunday, October 16th at 1 p.m. here in New York City. Check your local listings to find the time in your time zone. Right? Very important. But Siren, I'm, I'm just going to try to end this episode without having to worry about it. So, folks, see you later. Follow us on Twitter at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Black Eagles podcast. One word on Instagram. Peace out, everybody. Let's go, Patrick Tosh! Shiktash International hopes you enjoyed this program.